0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: It is the Anfield Wrap on Radio City Talk. Neil Atkinson, Jay McKenna, and John Gibbons got Sean Rogers to come to talk about the Spurs game. He's coming up after seven o'clock, uh, but before then, we were going to have a long chat about FSG, and we still might as we move uh, on to that sort of thing. But the news that's broken this afternoon, Jay McKenna, is uh, that the Sun. Have been banned from all Liverpool Football Club premises. That means the that means Anfield and Melwood to all intents and purposes press conferences, covering football matches and all that sort of stuff. Uh, Twenty eight years on, yeah, it's very um, interesting, if not
2: surprising, news. Really, I am um, sure welcomed by many, many people, um, but but does leave I think I think it leaves some questions. You know, if you are naturally you know getting past all the things that people have naturally said of welcome and why it's being banned and stuff like that. I am sure we don't need to explain that. I think most people, you know. The, the reaction i've seen for most people seeing Mike Gale and tweeting about it before um lots of other people asking the same question of why now um dave Plantis has wrote a piece which begins to maybe examine the idea that you know the newsrooms and sports teams our papers particularly then were very different um but ultimately they, they've reached this conclusion seemingly on the back of having conversations with um i think initially and predominantly the families um and people in and around hillsborough um and, and the campaign since and also, obviously, a couple of the campaign groups that have sprung up around um, trying to encourage retailers um, to not sell it or stock it in Liverpool and beyond. Um, so the club have clearly decided to act now, having had, had conversations with the directors. Why do you think now, John, given these-
3: I this? I think it feels quite ramped up at the moment, which is which is strange really, because as we said it's all those years on, it feels like the, the don't buy the sun thing is actually much stronger in the city than it was five years ago, ten years ago, fifteen years ago. That's probably as far back as, as I can kind of remember really being conscious of it anyway, you know. And so it's it's it feels like in the last year it's been really ramped up. And then we were just having a chat about it in the office before we put put out a show on 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 the Anfield Rap subscription site and we was and, and Gareth was saying sometimes it's just there's a new person in a job or a person who's been in a job for a couple of years and they just say, well, let's have a look at this. And sometimes it's just as simple as that. Yeah, and yeah. and maybe the person who was in the job then before had a different opinion for whatever reason. And, and they've just thought, do you know what? The, We've seen these groups that are are around at the moment. We've seen the stuff on taxis and blah, blah, blah. Let's just have a look at it. And then they've just made a different decision to the person who was there two years ago. And sometimes it can just be as simple as that.
1: I I, I wonder if there's an element to that, Jay, for certain that someone's, you know, the right person's in the job who's decided to push it and pushed it through the hierarchy. That that could be anywhere. It could be anywhere at the club, as far as we know, you know, above a certain level, I suspect. Also, you know, we are in an era where newspapers are weakened where there is a lot of debate at the minute. It was to, a couple of days ago, Wikipedia's decided it's not going to accept the Daily Mail as a, as a trusted source, where social media is more and more prevalent and all that sort of stuff. And where at a time when, you know, a move like this can can make the fan base in general go well we're glad you're doing that we want that we think that that's that's the right thing to do that that all of a sudden maybe in amongst all of these balances the weights the scales have just shifted it doesn't take much as John says the right word at the right time from the right person who who, who made, may have just decided to speak up or maybe new into a position just sort of comes in and just tilts the scale in one little direction and suddenly the decision's different yeah i think
2: it I think you're absolutely right it's the environment now that has presented itself for this to happen whether that be i think a change of personnel are or- Liverpool, maybe, or somebody—you know—it's—it's it's been in a to do, you know, pile that we've all probably got on our desks, and someone's decided to take some action on it. Whether you know circumstances maybe change with the Premier League or the contracts that have been signed in our media, you know, and providing access to to, to journalists and who, who provides that accreditation, Liverpool, you know, have got some control on it. You know, there could have been any one number of things. I think I think John's right though that it has seemingly ramped up, and I think also in part, you know, I had this with with David Wooden on. On a friend's mutual friend's Facebook about um, a comment he'd made around the boycott and almost mocking it. And it's like, I almost think whether you know, Liverpool have thought, you know, we need to act because they seemingly think they can act without impunity, they think they can, you know, that this has all just been done and forgotten now. And the son's, you know, fine, or we're not not as angry about it because we've had the inquest and we've had the verdicts, and (coughs) you know, files are being passed to the CPS for potential um, criminal prosecutions against police. Maybe it was a case of saying no. We just want you. To, we just want to remind you that we are still firmly opposed to your newspaper and what it done, and you're failing to act since. Um, so I think, despite all the questions of why now, you know, it will be it will be welcomed by people. The kind of thing Liverpool probably shouldn't done should should have done at the time, but you know, ultimately acted. Uh, it will be very telling, I think, to see the uh, reaction. I know this won't matter to Liverpool sports much, but I'll be very interested to see the reaction from other newspapers and journalists to this news. Um, what kind of common pieces you get written about it, and similarly, you know, the kind of reaction it might get from uh, the sun itself. Assume. Well, the sun
3: have brought out a statement, and so one of the things they say is it's bad. It's it's bad news, pardon the pun, for um, for football clubs to be banning newspapers, and they've kind of made a point on that. And and obviously, this is a very specific situation, but you, I wonder, as as you said, that will will people stick up for them and say, well, will actually, you know, will, will will football clubs start making? excuses to, to get rid of, of of certain reporters they don't like and things like that I mean, I mean we're getting to, to an age now where I mean this is a very separate thing but where football clubs you know they've got their own media now and things like that and I know at Liverpool they're trying to do more and more on the TV channel through the websites and things like that so you know whether whether we get get to a stage where you know f- football managers a lot of them don't like press conferences whether they, you know we get closer to a stage where, where they're just done away with kind of and everything comes through official channels I don't know I think that would be a shame but I think it's, 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 it's a, it's a. It'd be interesting to you, you know, you. It'd be interesting to see what reaction actually get from the sun now as well in terms of to Liverpool. They've, they've, they've sensed it. They've put a, a statement out there at the end it's it tries to be conciliatory, but you know we've all seen in the past you know what happens when you when you cross the Sunday normally come out swinging and there's normally a horrible story about you a week or two later. They've already done the stuff with lover and you know and things like that and, yeah. and and I wonder how much that's got to do with it. Yeah, there's well. a, I mean
1: there's a vindictiveness to it and yeah.
3: I, I love the and a new generation of journalists on the paper.
1: Well, as far as I'm concerned, the paper was badly snide before the 15th of April 1989 and it's anything I've ever and seen. It's, it's still, it's, been it's still it's badly snide. snide since it's badly, badly snide since. Not just to Liverpool, yeah. but in general. So yeah. well,
3: that's why I really like and Collymore's tweets and actually retweets it from the Anfield Rap website because it, it basically said this is great and listed all the people that the Sun ate and it's not just us and, no.
1: that's, and that's and I think that's a key thing and I think the new generation of journalists thing as well Jay uh, There's someone wants to go down the route of saying a new generation of journalists it's still paying money out to Kelvin McKenzie it's still, he's still got a column there
2: exactly yeah You know, they, they can,
1: they, he's not a new generation of journalists no, they
2: can talk about what they want and I haven't forgotten it but go, go and do what I, you know, I, I tweeted before I said you know, they should have just done what Kenny said you know, and Kenny, you read Kenny Deglish's autobiography and it says, you a phone call from someone at the Sun, I can't remember who it was, it might have been the editor at the time, or, or it's the editor post-McKenzie or someone, and he said, you know, what can we do to fix this? And Kenny said, you know, that big headline you printed saying the truth. And he says, yeah, he said, put one saying we lied. And they haven't. No matter what they've done, there's been soft apologies, we didn't know. Deep regrets. Yeah. People people lied to us and stuff like that, you know. It, Kelvin McKenzie's openly mocked things since, despite trying to claim that he did mis- f- a lord. He'd he should be l- Lord, lord Mackenzie of Anfield and all stuff like this. He's, 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 he's rubbing people's noses in it, because he? he gets away with it. And because they'll keep paying him, because, you know, we're not their audience, and Liverpool should have just said to, you know, and they have now, just so said, well, you know what, we just want no part. We're not going to make your job easier. You know, you can sell your newspaper, you can peddle your lies, you can peddle your myths, you can peddle your ideology on people if you want. We're just not gonna make you e- it easier for you. You know, we always had this with SOS and I'm sure, you know, it's the same with the Anfield Rap. We'd get phone c- phone calls sometimes, we'd obviously never get them directly from some journalists, but you know, even the, the agencies and the freelance the freelancers, yeah. they'd ring us and they'd say, Can we have a quote? You know, can we have a quote? And you'd say, Well, where are you from? Or oh, we're from an agency and, and a lot of the lads and it was predominantly lads you know, they'd say to, they'd be opening up for me and say, You know, I'm just gonna to say to you, mate, some of the work I pass on, you know, one of the big clients is the son and I'd just say, Well, I'm sorry, mate, I'm not gonna give it to you, you know. You, yep. you can pick my quote up another time, absolutely. You'll pick it up from a sort of post online, it can be in your paper the next day. That's fine if you want to do that, but I'm just not going to make the job easier for you. And I think that's the thing most people probably would have liked to have seen of not allowing them into the press conferences and, you know, into Melwood. You know, don't make their job easier for them. They have an answer from us. You know, I think, I think there's a thing about freedom of the press, and I absolutely support that and no censorship, but, you know, ultimately they've damaged this football club and spoken Ill, Ill of them. You know? And the city. And, and, and of the city and of its people. And you wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't pick the phone up to them if they'd said something bad about me. You know, I wouldn't pick the phone up or, or deal with a journalist or deal with an organisation who spoke bad about me and people who I cared about. So, you know, I think the football club should be no different. And I'm sure most people, you know, probably
1: listening to this now will be, you know, welcoming the news. It is the Anfield app on Radio City Talk. We'll be there until half past seven. Uh, after this, I think we might have a chat about FSG. David Bowie, Golden Years. Uh, Neil Atkinson, Jamie McKenna, John Gibbons, with you until half past seven. Show sure not just to come after the, the news, uh, talking about uh, the way in which the way in which Spurs will approach Liverpool and the way in which Liverpool could approach Spurs. Before then, there was. Uh Two things sort of happen simultaneously. There was a release of some documents this week. Um, some documents have also been knocking around for a while. Uh, and also, uh, there's uh, Liverpool are in a bad, bad run of form. And one of the things that happens when Liverpool are in a bad run of form, uh, John Gibbons, is people look for someone to blame. And often when people are looking for someone to blame, the, the gaze goes back towards Liverpool's owners, towards FSG. And it's this situation, really, where the... The ownership at times, it can feel like that's a little bit unfair, like for instance they're not responsible for Liverpool being absolutely dreadful at Hull and all that sort of stuff, but there is simultaneously the, the, the reality that since FSG have been in Liverpool have only won one trophy and only finished top four once, uh, and there's all these contradictions right the way through the, the entire FSG question really as to whether or not they're the best possible owners that Liverpool could have, the worst possible owners or somewhere in between.
3: Yeah, I think you're right. So th- these things do happen when when the team aren't playing well, and whether anyone had bothered to to go through all these court documents or release them or whatever, we've read them. If we were still winning, you know, is 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 up for discussion. The fact is, we're not we're not winning games of football, and I think it's all well and good. I, I understand what you're saying. The the you know, it's not their fault we lose, it. We lose a hole necessarily, but they, they have to take some responsibility. And I think a lot of Liverpool fans are feeling like we're seeing the same season over and over again where there's there's inconsistencies, there's bits of promise, failed by, followed by kind of poor results and a little bit of lack of resilience really. And, and they've made certain decisions since they've been at this football club, be it to to, to focus on, on a certain type of football, or be it to, to, to spend a certain amount of money and not go above it, and... I think a lot of Liverpool fans feel like we're seeing the same season and unless all the stars align, like they almost did in 13-14, that, that Liverpool aren't, aren't going gonna to win major trophies. And I think it's just getting frustrating for, for a lot of Liverpool fans and they're looking at it and saying, well, what's the common denominator? You know, in the last seven years, you know, there's been different managers. We've tried different things. We've had club legends. We've had young managers. We've had, you know, the, the, one of the hottest coaches in, in, in world football, this charismatic guy and... and, and Countless players, you know. I saw, I saw, I think a stats which is amazing that um, you know, since since of all the um, signings under FSG, you know, we, we've actually sold more than we've still got, which is which is you know crazy, oh, really. really, and and so is you know, it? yeah. Do you think it's crazy? I think it's. I think it's. I, I was surprised. Um, yeah, I, I was I was surprised by that. I think if you if you're gonna buy if you're gonna buy young players and develop them and that's your okay. model, I'd expect a lot of them to still be at the club. Would
1: you not? Is there not? I mean, it's almost a, becomes a blind eye. So I don't want to dwell on it. But if you're gonna buy young players, take a gamble on young players. Do you not think that there's? there's realistically a chance that one of the things you need to be good at is cutting your losses and saying well he hasn't worked this hasn't worked let's shift this on quickly let's make it a bit different
3: yeah quite possibly but i I just remember looking at it and thinking well that's that's it it felt it felt quite damning to me and 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 there's different ways to look at all statistics of course but you know the statistic that that, that is hard to argue with is the ones that you read out which is the trophies and which is the league finishes and and it just hasn't kind of been good enough To me, Jürgen Klopp always felt like the last roll of the dice for FSG, always felt like the one where it was going to be, well, if we can't win with this fella, then we're probably going to not. I'm not writing off winning with Jürgen Klopp because he's not, and as long as Jürgen Klopp believes he can win with Liverpool, well, I'll stick with him because, you know, maybe I'm mad, but, you know, I'll stick with him. But I think think if it doesn't happen, and I think if we're in this situation, say, the same time next year and we're already out of a title race, then, you know... FSG will have to start asking questions of themselves and I think they probably will. They'll start going, you know, we thought we couldn't come in and that was the thing that annoyed me most about those emails. It wasn't the, oh, we're getting a steal. It wasn't the franchise stuff. It was them saying that it's not exactly the smartest and brightest they were working in football and that's always been the suspicion of them is that they just thought they were going to come in and be smarter than everyone else and, well, it hasn't worked.
1: Uh, well, this is, I I, I I'd, I'd agree with John there, uh, Jay. I, th- I think that's that's become, for me, uh, in general, it's just been the biggest frustration is this idea that football is was ready to be plucked in some sort of way, that football was ripe for something, so ripe for the smart kids to come in and, and show how smart they are, whereas the reality is that you can think you're employing the smart kids. Well, Real Madrid think they're employing the smart kids. Barcelona think they're employing the smart kids. Chelsea think they're employing the smart kids. Man City do. Everybody thinks they're employing the smart kids because guess what? They are. Yeah, well, it's like... Um, I always say this about FFP, and it's a link, obviously, because uh, FSG have always talked about this financial
2: fair play. And I remember going to a presentation UEFA done talking about how great it was going to be. And they said, We, we asked a question about how clubs were going to get round it. This was just before it was to be introduced. And UEFA were like Adam and clubs, couldn't come round it because they'd had a check by all these lawyers. And I was thinking, Yeah, mate, but for every lawyer you buy, Man City and Chelsea have just bought 10 better. Yeah. They just bought some better.
1: Chelsea have just bought loads and loads of players at different places, and have just got an ongoing circulation of them going out on loan and then selling them on. Why? Because it means that they, they've got carte blanche under FFP yeah. to do what they want. Yeah. And Man City have done loads and loads and loads. To be fair to them, loads and loads of fixed investments in the football club and in the area, which offsets against FFP. Why? Because they've got the money, and these fellas, they're not stupid. They can go they and, and find their do. own clever men.
2: Yeah, absolutely not. as you know? I think I think you're right about. The uh, I mean, FFP is a real thing. Liverpool could be punished. Actually, yeah, it's real. It is real. You know, I think. It hasn't worked how people intended and maybe how FFC intended. And I think this is one of the problems, and, and I'll come on to what John just said there, which I absolutely agree with, is that But but Liverpool was so wedded to this idea of FFP and how it was going to work and how they expected it to work, that when it hasn't worked quite like how they thought and intended, and Arsenal had this, and I remember Arsenal Bengals saying similar things at the time as well, they're not quite sure how to react, and Liverpool have been wedded to this model which I think is one of the valid criticisms of FSC is they haven't seemed to have been able to change or bend. You know, we're still in this idea of buying um, unappreciated, underdeveloped talent. You know, we can get this lad from, you know, Hoffenheim and no one quite realises how good he is and we'll bring him over here and he's Roberto Firmino and everyone will know how he is. Lots of other clubs are looking to do that. They're just not having to take the same risk we're doing and I and you know, we are taking risks on some players and it doesn't work out. I think you're right. We we do recognise that we need to cut our losses. We're just not very good at cutting our losses and getting some of the decent amounts of money back that we've spent. Uh, which which is problematic at times. You know, we sign these players and we you know, we we keep recycling, doing the same thing year after year. I absolutely agree with John. I think Jürgen Klopp is their last chance to prove that their model works in football. And if if their model doesn't work, they need to think of something else. Um because he, he does fit. I don't buy this idea that Jürgen Klopp is um, somehow fronting it up for the managers. I think he's got, you know... He's bit, got what he thinks and he's saying what he thinks. He, he, he thinks these things, so I think that I think they're, a, they're a good
1: fit as opposed to him saying what his bosses want him to win no matter how much money he's on I mean, Just just on that quickly Jay it's worth pointing out isn't it that um, I think you and I have had this conversation before the manager was given every chance to back the club around the time of the walkout last season yeah. to explicitly say people shouldn't do this and he very very clearly and didn't. did
2: And neither did Pep Linders who'd done the interview after the game Pep Linders didn't say it was great Pep Linders said that the fans walking out didn't have no impact you know, if No, that was the fella who, who was in charge who goes without name yeah. you know, here when, when when FSG first took over he have been blaming us you yeah. know, it, wasn't, it wasn't there and Similarly, I think Jürgen Klopp's got too much of a reputation to, to to risk on getting into bed with owners who aren't good for a football club or aren't quite giving him the best opportunity to develop. Because if if Klopp can't do it here, obviously he'll get another job somewhere else. But then if he struggles there, it'll be a case of, well, hang on, has Jürgen Klopp flopped? He's not going to let it be on his t- on his head for something that other people have done. Jürgen Klopp's in demand. If he said to Liverpool now, well, you're not backing me in the transfer and I'm off. Someone would take Jürgen Klopp. Someone would take him and give him money and let him do things. So... You know, I think he's got too much to, to risk by doing that. I don't actually think he is. I do think, you know, it, it prompts a big thing. G- Gareth Roberts wrote a good piece on your site um, this week about it. Cause, and I, it probably fits with where I'm at. I can see both sides. And, natu- you know, maybe maybe people might think I would because of my involvement with Spirit of Shankly, but, you know, I can see both sides to this. I can see why people are asking questions. I think it's right that we ask questions. We've been through a lot to not ask them. But I don't think it automatically jumps to the other end of that. They're the worst people in the world. You know, they have improved a lot of the things we wanted to see improved under Moors and Parry, let alone under Hicks and Gillette. Um, you know, the commercial development of the club, you know, we've I don't we haven't quite we haven't caught up to Manchester United, we've caught up to where Manchester United were maybe when we should have been, you know, when when yeah. these when when the original American owners first took charge. Um But I do think there's been a problem, you know, of them actually beginning to understand football in this country and the football club and why it is the way it is and, you know, actually trying to see if there's a different way than what their model was. And one example I'll just just give is when we, they took charge the Friday, uh, we played Everton the Sunday and we had meetings with them on the Monday and they were even saying then, and I think this is why I don't buy into what their emails say too much, you know, these are investors pre-purchasing the club saying, you know, things in private. I've probably said things in private ahead of taking a job that I subsequently love about whether I've got questions about it. I'll probably still say them now. You know, people do talk (laughs) to people in private about these things. You know, they haven't said nothing bad. It was a steal. They didn't save us. They were investors who were getting an absolute bargain. The second they signed on the dotted line, it was worth more. But all of the considerations they made in signing the club, when they literally took charge... They will have spent the weekend looking at the books and they were saying to us in the meeting, we literally keep on turning over the page in a book or lifting something up and finding something and thinking, Oh, let's put that back down. You know, (laughs) and they talked about players' contracts that had been signed, they asked questions about certain ones of them, and they were raising points. And you know, they didn't go into detail, but they were clearly slightly disturbed by what they'd found. And I think they had, you know, and I know Gareth touched on his article. He talked about Liverpool's performances in the league. Some of that. You know, I think now we can begin to ask, you know, FSG the last couple of seasons, what their strategy is and direction is. But some of that early doors, they were literally fighting fires. They were literally still putting out fires that were burning from Hicks and Gillette. You know, the the stadium writes off fees. They, you know, they, yeah. they walked into the Roy Hodgson thinking, well, you know, and I know for a fact they were trying to think to themselves at the time, can we get through the rest of the season without sacking them? Because there was no one readily available in the January to take over. It was becoming untenable, it became untenable around that time. They appointed it to Daglish because he was the only one available for them to take a short-term job. And then Daglish had a fantastic season and now just sack a club legend when you're just these new guys in town, six months old. What do you do? So then they give Daglish another year. They didn't feel it was working out clearly early on in that year, but then Liverpool got to a final and won a cup. And then the fans are thinking, well, hang on, he's a club legend, maybe we give him a chance. And then they didn't, they appointed a young manager. And, you know, I think that was where we began to see what FSG was trying to instil on the club. But, you know, some bits of their fault, and I think they are literally middle-of-the-road owners at the minute. They've got areas to improve on, but they're not this, you know... Th- I, you know, I have big, significant questions and concerns about some things they've done, but they're not these big bad owners. They're nowhere near they're comparable to the Hicks and Gillettes.
1: Uh Very, very quickly, John, before we go to go to the news, um, what Jay sort of have touched on one of the issues there as well. when you talk about them getting the club under the finger, fingernails, and all that sort of stuff. That remains personally an issue for me in terms of the fact that Billy Hogan does one day a week in Liverpool, uh, it's one day a month, sorry, in Liverpool. That FSG themselves have not got a proper Liverpool presence. They might argue with that. They might mention a couple of people, but what I mean is sort of feeling the beat of the city because yeah. this, this is a city that. Beats to, the, beats to the the rhythm of the city is the football team and, and understanding all of that I think is is actually more complex than people give it credit for.
3: Yeah, I, I was going to say that, that's what I was going to jump in on, you know, the, the kind of side issues to all this is it's really helped them if people felt like they cared more and it's a really easy thing to do and I don't get it, you know, I don't get why we, you know, there's, there's so many kind of faceless, voiceless people involved in Liverpool, uh, Liverpool Football Club and and why you know the only the only time I've heard from Billy Hogan in the last two years is this interview with FC Business, which is just like just an awful word in, in itself. Um, you know where where are we, you know if you know just if you, they just came to Anfield more if they just you know little things it's just it's not difficult stuff you know what I mean if they were just around more if they spoke to supporters group if you, even if you largely ignored them I think people are saying well fair enough they're having a go come on the Anfield rap if you want you know what I mean and disagree with everything I've got to say. because, because I'll say some rubbish. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and it's fine, but like, you know, just, just, it's, it's not difficult. And this, this isn't just John Henry we're talking about. It's Mike Gordon. It's other people. It's, it's people they've employed as well. Like, you know. Mike Edwards. Yeah, to, exactly. Just, you know, just giving an Going uh, to speak to the echo. Apart from the football manager, I'd say the top five or six positions in Liverpool Football Club, like, you know, you couldn't, you struggle to pick a lot of them out on a lineup. there's Here's yeah. an
2: example though, just to touch on that, dead which quick, I think the worst.
3: Jürgen Klopp signed the new contract,
2: six-year extension. Massive news for Liverpool, tying managers, are not that long, and Jürgen Klopp was doing the press on it. It's
1: astonishing. OK, this is the Anfield Wrap on Radio City Talk. Half past six, and if you're listening, you want to come and uh, grab a seat, uh, anyone there from uh, from the football club, half past six, Fridays, uh, Here's the news. This is the Anfield Wrap on Radio City Talk. Back to everybody else in a minute or two. But as a new little feature, what we're trying to do is look ahead to the weekend's game with Sean Rogers, who does our review show with us, looking back at the games every single weekend, how Liverpool have performed, what we expected to happen, the side we expected the manager to pick, uh, the, what we expected from the opposition, uh, crucially first and foremost, and seeing whether or not we get that and and how Liverpool deal with it, and that's what we talk about on a on our Tuesday review show. It tends to come out on a Tuesday, but we thought we we preempt a little bit this week with with Spurs being a big game. Sean, have a look at doing it this way for once. And the question is, if is if. If the Spurs manager, Pellegrino, can do what the sides who've been frustrating Liverpool have been doing, or does he have to say to his lads, listen, we play our way, we do our natural game, we're not just going to sit in? That's the key question for me, because it might be, it's easy for us to say, well, we can all see the blueprint as to how to get results against Liverpool, but it's hard for a manager to say to his lads, don't go toe-to-toe with these, sit in instead, be conservative.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting, isn't it? You know, he's had a number of games this season Especially, I suppose, especially at home But he's had a couple of away games as well If you look at, you know, Chelsea and City Irrespective of the results in those games I thought Tottenham played very well um, and, and, and everyone will always reference it it's the kind of like half Rafa Benitez side Half Jürgen Klopp side, aren't they? In the way that they play And it's a difficult one You expect them to come and play in that exact same, similar manner Something that is interesting and a bit of a curveball Is that he did change for Chelsea um, and, he, and he did decide to line up in a slightly different manner It'll be interesting to see whether he therefore adopts the tactics that we've seen recently Where people you know look to sit deep, defend very narrow Let Liverpool have the ball and bring them on to us It's not been the way they've been playing at Anfield And it's not normally the way that they play And if it hadn't been for the Chelsea game I'd, I'd be pretty confident they'd just come and play the normal way but the fact that he did that against Chelsea shows that he is willing to to adapt, and B because it worked it gives you that bit more confidence to do so again.
1: Is it not going to be in his the though, that they... I'm not saying they would... You can't tell what they were doing against City because City ran mock yeah. for an hour. So were they trying to pull City onto them and think, oh, we'll spring yeah. here? But, you know, were they trying to do that or was that just simply how the game played out without obviously asking the manager himself and why would he tell us? He <laughs> yeah. can't work out quite what happened there, but City really should have been out of sight. So it might be that there they were thinking, well, we'll do that, but Liverpool can play. Whilst they haven't got necessarily a Kevin De Bruyne as an example, but they have got tons and tons of quality. Liverpool could play that way and make yep. their life very difficult for them.
0: No, they could. I mean, I think Tottenham, when they're away from home, um, especially in the big games, they always have a. And people say everyone has a bit of a spell, and that's not true. They don't. They don't always have a, a spell, and um, they might have a bit of ball. But certainly, when Tottenham come to Anfield, they don't play for ninety four minutes. Absolutely exceptional. Um, when Tottenham have come to Anfield over the last few years, we've seen them have a real good twenty. When Dembele looks like an absolute top top draw player, where you know Ericsson's movements working where Kane suddenly starts getting involved in the game, and it's a bit of a, a bit of a seesaw, really. You know, it's a, it's a bit like a, a proper punch up. You know, swings both ways. And I think the interesting thing for him is whether you keep it. You know, with City, you can say, well, yeah, they had their spell, but then. We had ours, and even on maybe not so good a day, we still showed lots of quality and, and resilience and I think... it's a very interesting one for him, it's a difficult one for him, Um, I think it's a much easier one for Jurgen Klopp, it's funny I mean we were discussing the other week, I think how Jurgen sets up for Leicester is so much more difficult in every single way in the days leading up the man management than it is for Tottenham I think this is quite an easy game for Jurgen Klopp to prepare for, I think with Pochettino I mean what would you do out of interest, it's interesting Would, would you go, do you know what we play this way, we've had a lot of success with it we're on a roll, why change, or do you go, do you know what teams are having success with Liverpool and have changed in the recent history to success
1: I think if you're Pochettino you think we want a big first 20 and then maybe boys maybe we fall back last 20 of the first half we have the idea that we've got the we that firstly I want you to be yourselves I want you to play your way secondly this is a side that's lacking in confidence we don't quite know what the crowd's going to do let's get on let, let, let's look to impose yeah. ourselves and see what happens but don't don't be surprised if as you've mentioned it in the past with in training where Mourinho holds a certain colour card up, saying now it's yeah, to yeah. change into this. Don't be surprised if, you know, if it is nil-nil or if Liverpool have even managed to snatch one on the break, they have the mentality of right, let's just get the half. We get to forty-five. Maybe we get a set piece. Maybe we get a breakaway. But we then we then play dead, over state tip, But we go a little deeper. We draw them on and see if we can if we can if we can hit them on the break. Uh, and it wouldn't surprise me if they almost almost do the two approaches across one half, split in the middle.
0: Yeah, my view is that whatever he does in the first twenty isn't going to be what he wants to do for the entire game. Obviously, scoreline dependent. If he comes out first twenty, one and a big first twenty, and we go one the up, he hasn't got much of a choice. You know, they've got to come out and play, but. I think I think he'll either come out first 20 like you say and go do you know what don't let them get the tails up don't let Anfield be bouncing Let's get at these whilst they're down potentially and then at that point maybe drop off and sit off and go okay well at least until half time yeah. when we can reassess yeah. what we do alternatively you may say do you know what take the sting out of this time waste sit deep let them have the ball let a bit of frustration creep in and then when we start playing our way in we look to kill them you know thirty to forty five if you like and going yeah. with a lead he may even extend that to the first half actually uh, to half time but I think whatever you see in the first twenty from Tottenham isn't what you're going to see certainly for the remain- remainder of the half maybe even across the game depending on the score uh, the the other thing
1: to point out is is and the more the more time you spend looking at spurs this season I mean it's interesting that the, you know they've almost had a, an inverse season to liverpool they're the side who feel as though they've got momentum at this sort of point, but a lot of that is you know we're talking on and off about issue questions around the Liverpool squad. They are more than any other side, really I can think of in the country. I mean, Chelsea have had one game without Costa, and they went and won it. So, but maybe you can say Chelsea as well. But they're completely defined by what their number nine does, albeit the mm-hmm. fact that he wears number ten. He's so important. <laughs> he's so important to them, isn't he, Sean? And and, and he's he, he's able to just to carry that constant threat, the physicality, the work rate, without having a ton of pace. That's why he's interesting. He hasn't got a ton of pace, but he's 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 quick enough to be difficult when he's on the ball. He's difficult to get off it. You can't beat him. Uh, but you, it's, he's he's quick enough so that you can't. Quite get round him. I mean, Kane is—he's. I think he's the—he's the player who's responsible for the—who's the most responsible
0: for how well his side plays in the Premier League at the moment. Yeah, it's a—it's a bit mad. that hes I don't think he's not at his level. But if you were to look at, say, Alan Shearer, it's hard to say. Name me an att- other than just scoring goals as an example. Like what attributes has he got which you go—he's unbelievable at. Yeah. Whatever. <clears throat> you know, he's—he—he's he, he, he's pretty one footed. Not lightning fast Not very skillful, Not got an amazing touch It's good enough to play for a top six side With the size and the kind of player that he is He's not phenomenal in the air But he's pretty good in the air But he's not phenomenal in the air He's not going to drop in and link the play And and, and, and do things like that He's not going to pop up like say You know We've seen a Wayne Rooney or a Suarez in the past popping up in midfield and winning balls back for you. Look, and he does work hard. He's kind of, you'd imagine if it was like championship manager or some kind of rating system, there's loads of sevens and eights yeah. flying around, maybe a little bit higher. He's just incredibly effective. Um, and I think he's got that little bit of Kevin Keegan about him, that his work rate and his desire to improve and, and just make the very best of what he can be, we maybe underestimate that, it's easier said than done year on year and and, and I still think that the bar gets increased year on year, or certainly over periods, and and it's interesting that Harry Kane's been able to continue with that with Tottenham as a whole, it's interesting, did Harry Kane get Tottenham kick-started or did, did other things happen, you know, Ericsson started to show a bit of form now um, I think his influence over the last few weeks has started to get bigger and bigger in the final third and he's just starting to click into he, he doesn't score enough he doesn't score anywhere near as many as he should Ericsson and that's probably the biggest weakness in his game but in certainly in terms of his creativity, he's starting to gel Wanyama, you know we always think of him just as a purely defensive role uh, you know and someone who can you know cover the back four, protect and assist without the ball, he's building a lot of play you know he's linking a lot of play. I think even myself, when he was at Southampton, I wasn't. Sh- People say join Liverpool. I just wasn't sure he'd be good enough on the ball. I wasn't sure his mobility on the ball, his movement would be good enough. I think with Tottenham, he's underestimated. I don't think you can just let him have the ball because I think the danger is Ericsson. um, Maybe not Kane as such, but certainly Ericsson and Son, who I expect both, I would expect both to play unless something comes up with illness or injury. Um, it, it's a threat, and and I think. Not to the same extent, but it's about how do you stop Jared and Torres? We you stop them getting the ball? You know, how do you stop Harry Kane and Ericsson? You limit them getting the ball. So I think it's important with Dembele and Wanyama, we get in and around them uh, and stop that supply. Uh, it's a double pivot that they use there. The Liverpool manager has made
1: noises about making significant changes, but as you say, it's it's easy to. That would be easier if these fixtures were flipped the other way around, it was so Leicester first and yeah. then Spurs, because one of the things that is. is dressing room can look at him and go, well, I'm going gaffer in these side these games against these sides you can you can look at us and say that we've done really really yeah. well so the idea that you know he, he, he as an example he says you know what I'm f- frustrated with the performance has been put in by two of me front three we're going to and well that that would feel
0: like a huge move yeah. in the context of this game yeah, and it would be as well yeah it would feel it and it would be um i wonder whether I wonder whether he he'll, he'll come to a hybrid where he, there's a couple of things he could do which would be relatively easy wins if that's what he wants to do because it's not just about what he does to succeed against Tottenham. I think there's possibly a, a side of Jurgen that's going. I really want to make the players aware that I wasn't just angry on Saturday and then um there are consequences. There are consequences, so you'd assume he may change the goalkeeper. That'd be an easy one. Um, he's got an obvious one, depending on Lovren's injury, depending on Clavin's health. He can certainly get Lucas out of there one way or another. Um, he can possibly look at either fullback. I was just about to say, he's got an option to put Moreno in and move one of the fullbacks around, whether that be Milan or Klein. He's got an easy one with one Alderman Chan. He's got Alexander Arnold, who's impressed on under 23s, if he wanted to just do Alexander yeah. Arnold in
1: for Klein and say, that's that.
0: Yeah, and he could. That would feel a, a really big move, I think, as well, because he's seen as the deputy, yeah. um, not as someone who's at level two people competing for one shirt like he might say a bit with Moreno and Milner, he might or, say certainly with the keepers or Van Wijnaldum or and Wijnaldum yeah now it's weird because you look at Chan's performance against Chelsea and, and his performance against Manchester United and you kind of like I might want to keep them but if he does want to change things up I think he can make a few changes and draw a bit of a line on the whole and and maybe maybe more of a squad punishment and saying look I'm sorry this is changing you don't get to play again uh, as a unit after that he could do it in that way I think if he went any further than that it would surprise me that would seem a bit drastic because as you say the world and his wife knows that we are generally, without tempting fate, really good in these games. You've got a good record in these games. Everyone knows you've got a good record in these games. So, And it'd be strange to, for us all to be sitting around saying, can't wait till we get the front four
1: back, can't wait till we get the front four back, that if the first time the front four don't work all season, when the record of, up to this point has been terrific, to then go, well, they were that bad, I've got to bomb one of them out.
0: And it'd be even stranger to know on New Year's Day that you've, you've got no Coutinho, no Henderson, no no Mane. That you've had Lalana coming back from an injury you've got no Matip and you're still going to play the same way, you're still going to play the same system you're still going to try and play in the same manner and I think to do that through the month of January um, and then be in a situation whereby you change when every one of those players are back who were so good from August to November would to me seem a bit crackers. If you were gonna change it, the time to do it is either either on news day to go look, I've set up this 433, I'm missing too many of the components, is this going to work does this work or in the middle of January to go I've given it two weeks but without all of these lads not just here but in form it's not working We're going to change it now to change it it's a bit like the horse has already bolted if he changes it now for me well to do the side of United where he did set up a different way for an hour he could then have carried
1: that into the next game and the game after and gone right we've done this but he hasn't he's gone back he went back for the
0: Southampton game and he went back for the Swansea game 100% and I think I think now I think I think unless something dramatically changes for this next run of fixtures I think his priority isn't going to be wildly changing the tactics or his method of play um I think certainly, certainly he's going to put, rely on this front four. How do we get this front four? Now we might see little things that he tweaks. We might see the front three play a bit wider. We might see a couple of little tactical changes in relation to maybe the fullbacks or the shape of his midfield. Even you know he might do a two and a one rather than a one and a two. Is I think we might see a couple of little tweaks. We might even see, which is something we've been talking about on the other shows. You know, will we maybe play a bit deeper ourselves? Will we maybe try and have? It sounds a bit contradictory to say but will we try and have less of the ball you know will we try and yep. let the opposition have a bit of the ball there's little things that I think to do but I think broadly speaking he's going to be saying lads let's get back to doing what we're doing at the start of the season you're all the same players form's temporary class is permanent let's get, let's get back to doing what we do well uh, huge thank you to Sean. Uh, Going to get back
1: over to everybody else in a minute. Going to play a song before then. But before all of that, uh, this is the Anfield Rap on Radio City Talk. We do our subscription service. Uh, we'll be talking to Sean about the game. The last word on Spurs versus uh, Liverpool, or Liverpool versus Spurs, more accurately. Uh, me, Sean, and I think it'll probably be Paul Cope uh, next week. You'll be able to listen to that one. Uh, not quite booked it yet, but I'll sort it out. Uh, but you do for that sort of thing. It's five pounds a month through our subscription service. Uh, the UnfieldRap dot com forward slash subscribe. This is the Anfield Rap on Radio City Talk, and this is I. won't back down Tom Petty that's a won't back down by Tom Petty Uh, interesting stuff from Sean there and he recorded that before the press conference today uh, that Jürgen Klopp gave before the Spurs game John Gibbons and the manager was a pains not to give a great deal away really at the press conference today he's made noises early in the week about making some significant changes we've still not really got much of a flavour as to what you think they they might be
3: yeah, for a for a good talker, he, he, he very rarely gives much away. Um, you know, he wasn't being drawn on the goalkeeping thing, which I think is quite a big decision for him. You know, there was rumors. Uh, I think David Maddock it was. who put it in the, in the Daily Mirror that, that as far as he concerned we're going to see a, a different goalkeeper this this weekend to so, to so the one we seen in the past few weeks. He was he was making no comments on that and at all, and you know, suggested he hasn't decided yet. I'm sure he has, but you know, why why give anything away? I guess and, you know he was he was. What he what he was cleared on is you know there might be changes of personnel, but he's not suddenly going to stop believing in what he believes, and you know there's not suddenly going to be this idea of oh we're going to play you know a big man up front and go to him or, or, or you know or or kind of change what what Liverpool about he believes that we can go fourteen. 14- games unbeaten to the end of the season. He said that and he believes things can change quickly. He kept saying this, you know, someone pointed out the Tottenham were one winning 10 at one point earlier in the season. And then now they're they're, they're seen as the, you know, the, that one of the best teams in the league. Well they are one of the best teams in the league. And so, you know, he was he was right. He was putting these things out. I thought he was quite chipper actually in the press conference. As I say, we've just done a show on it. And, you know, we seem like, you know, he was he was glad of the little break and um, but, you know, he was saying they've been good in training, do a lot of tactical stuff and, and just and just reinforcing kind of what they're good at. And I think what we'll, we'll what we're gonna see from Liverpool, you know, will be it'll be a four three three. It'll be similar to kind of what we play. We're just hoping it's gonna be a lot better.
1: Well, but it's going to be a lot better. I think it is going to be. I, I I, think for all the talk, Jay, of there being significant changes, I actually think the changes that there will be, there may be three or four of them, but I don't think they'll be they'll be significant to the footballers involved who to him play. But I don't think they're going to necessarily be that significant. It would surprise me if he changed the goalkeeper, if he has a look at changing one of the full-backs, if someone comes in at centre-half who isn't Lucas Lovren, if he's fit, and then maybe changes one midfield place and then is able to say, well, there you are, that's four changes.
2: Yeah, and I think um, of of any of the changes, the, the the story is going to be the keeper. You know, if he does change the keeper, as has been suggested, that um, then I think that's it for Simon Mignolet, isn't it, at Liverpool? You know, he can't. He, he signed Carrius, He gave Carrius a game early on. He dropped Carrick to bring Mignolet back in, and he's probably going to think to himself now: if if he is changing him, that you know that the Simon Mignolet just can't change. He just is that keeper, um, and he'll move him on. So I think that'll be quite um, a decisive decision to make because there is no going back from that. He can't really. You know, I couldn't, wouldn't quite like to be trying to rely on him in four games' time if he says, oh, by the way, lad, we're going to bring you back in now, um, no matter how professional he is. No, I think Liverpool need to make some changes to freshen it up. We look tired and stuff like that, but, you know, I, I think the big thing that people are going to expect to see, aside from the changes, is is the mindset and attitude, how Klopp's maybe got into the players, you know, to lift them from this bit of a slump. I don't think it's going to be a case of saying, "Oh, let's get the fans behind the team tomorrow. Let's let us let us help them lift them," because I think there's going to be a lot of very depressed and <laughs> sad people going into this ground uh, tomorrow night, no matter what time it is. You know, we're going to be going in spares, and it's going to be in the back of people's minds, and it's going to affect their behaviour of thinking we've been dreadful and we're playing Spurs and they're really, really, really good. And I think people are going to be concerned about what impact that will have. You know, it, on the team, how we start. I I think that's going to be particularly telling. I think if the players look like. You know, if they look like they've maybe got a plan, um, a strategy to sign Cope with Spurs and get ourselves on the front foot early doors, that might lift people. But I think bigger than the changes for me is how Klopp's maybe been able to work with these players You know, in this bit of a gap we've had. Know, to try and make sure they're lifted and note that you know they go out with some papers on, on Saturday night.
1: How he's got into them, is uh, what Jay said there, John. I think that, that is the interesting thing, is how he's got into them, whether or not, and I suspect it's been both stick and carrot, I suspect it's been a, a, massive, a, a massive slaughter, and maybe on Saturday, maybe another one on Monday morning, but then Tuesday it's back to the idea of, you know, we've got to bounce into this, we've got to bounce into this game.
3: Yeah, there was, there was a quote... From somewhere in the week, saying the Klopp's told him very clearly that he won't accept what happened against Hull again, and someone tweeted it and someone tweeted me, which I thought was quite funny. He said, like, "What did he say after Swansea? I'll only, I'll only accept this once more," <laughs> 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 which I thought was really funny. But you know, he's—I think he's—I think he was apparently. Do I want to wait cheap, Lance. <laughs> I think he's. Um, I think he was he was apparently, he, he tore a strip off to them after the game, after the whole game, certainly at half time, wasn't happy at all. And I think managers will, will do that. They'll be very angry after the game. And then, and then you know, and then throughout the week, it'll be a case of trying to build them back up again, build up the confidence, remind them what they were good at, you know, remind them what we were doing well at earlier in the season. They need to go into the game confidence, aren't we, Jake? If if they're worrying too much about what Spurs can do, then they're going to find themselves in in in, in a bit of bother. Yeah, because you're just not going to be able to get men forward. And we've been on our best when we've had men in the box. We've had midfield runners. We've had people ahead of the who did you know who's been whoever's been playing normally number nine and things like that. And, and that's what you want to see because that's where you're playing well. You're sort of rather, you know. Oh, was live by the sword, die by the sword. Thing. They didn't see a kind of a tepid, a tepid kind of performance. No yeah, yeah. Then a kind of tepid performance where, knife. where we, where <laughs> where we all look very much in a formation and and you know we'll kind of pass it around and then and, and, and then Spurs get a goal because they've got a lad up front. who kicks it at the ball. dead hard, kicks it at the goal. So he did that. You know that, that'd be my worst kind of you know scenario. Really, I'd I'd rather see us get beat three two and you see something about the vigor that we, that was Liverpool. You know what I'd love to see.
2: Uh, you know, it was up the other day, and it's, uh, it's not easy to just replicate this. But I just love the idea that the come on, go, so you know, we're just gonna try and blow you away in twenty minutes here. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to try and blow you away in the first 20 minutes and put you completely on the back foot. We might not. And I say, i blown away. I'm not even talking like when we used to do it, like, you know, three or four goals up in 20 minutes, like Arsenal. I'm talking like we're just going to go out and make you think, oh my God, what have we got to do? I want your midfielders going over to Pochettino after 20 minutes, saying they're not to do. I don't know who's marking. They're not playing like we thought they were going to play, lads, when, even when we saw that team sheet. Yeah. I want them worrying about that. I want the centre half thinking which runners will pick up I want that and I want Harry Kane moaning that he's not getting the ball off his midfield I want them them asking questions and I think if we don't do that you know and we're just we're going to let them try and figure us out because we're just keeping the ball and and seeing what it looks like they will grow into that better than we will because our fans will get frustrated keeping
3: the ball and seeing what it looks like is a very good summary of how Liverpool have been playing yeah um, and it tends to look rather bad. Look <laughs> um, <laughs> for oh, the books That's, an, uh, uh, that's a very um, polite uh, description,
1: uh, Neil, for yeah. a, a tea time I'm, on Friday I'm, I'm, I'm well aware of the one on the radio. Uh, <laughs> give, me, give me a prediction, Jay McKenna. Um, Anything you want. Liverpool 3 0. No. Wanna blow them away, uh, John Gibbons? Hey, Liverpool two one. I enjoyed Jase more though. Uh, J- J- I was right behind Jase. <laughs> uh, uh, no promises here. No, I'm like this doesn't work. Hey, uh, McKenna, McKenna like, out instead of FSG out. McK- Hashtag McKenna no, I've out. I've been on board for that for years.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I've got them badges. <laughs> <laughs> them stickers, <laughs> stickers,
1: sorry. Liverpool find themselves very much needing to get a result. Uh, it is one of those games. It is one of those games. Both Jay and John are right. Liverpool, if you're going to go down, let's at least go down swinging. It's time to swing, Reds.
3: Sports Social Podcast Network.